Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thrive After Divorce series. This is Lisa Fountain, and this is my show, and I'm so grateful that you are joining us today, and you're going to be grateful, too, because our guest speaker today is amazing. Her list goes on and on. Rihanna Milne, she is a certified global life coach, dating relationship coach, a number one best-selling author, a life and dating coach. You have your own podcast, your own radio show, docu-series. I thank you for fitting us in. You must be exhausted. I love what I do. I get, you know, I'm living a life of purpose and passion and creativity and helping people along the way. What more could I ask for? <laughs> and thank you because your help and work is very, very much needed. Thanks. So we are talking, you know, about thriving after divorce and so many people are coming out of a toxic relationship and they might not even know they were in one. So they usually know that they're in it. They just feel stuck and don't know how to get out. Right. Yeah. Um, and this is what spurred me to do this work. You know, I was married to a man that I love very deeply on the outside. We were the it couple, the ideal couple. Uh, we had great times of travel and dancing and romance. I mean, it seemed like the ideal relationship, everything I wanted. But then he had a secret life. Mm -hmm. And when it was uncovered, he lost his job as a school principal. I mean, there was porn on the computer. He was oh. kicked out of school. There was another teacher involved. I'm like, what? So, wow. you know, I understand when people have had toxic relationships because I've been in one. And that led me to say, I have to figure out what this man has. Now, I have a triple master's in applied clinical and counseling psychology. And I did very well in my studies, graduated summa cum laude. So it's like, okay, none of this was covered what mm -hmm. this individual has. And it wasn't just bipolar. It wasn't borderline personality. It was something deeper, something more, which led me on my research for over two years. And I'm always digging to find the latest and greatest news on this. So I specialize in those that have had past childhood dating and relationship trauma and how it comes out today for them as an adult in both life and love. And do you think if you meet somebody, there could be signs if they're talking about their childhood that you would know to just listen for? Um, well, when I have my clients, my clients that sign up with me are usually very successful women who struggle in love and they can't figure out why. And they normally think, well, my childhood was fairly normal. That's what I thought. And then when mm -hmm. I dig deeper into the 10 childhood traumas, which I will share with the listeners, I'm like, wow, I do have a few of those. And I thought it was all about him, right? Mm -hmm. Well, he did have 10 out of the 10. And if I knew this information before, then I definitely right. would not have married him. I actually broke up with him once and we missed each other. We got back together because we missed the romance part of it. Right. So, um, and that part I was drawn to because I had some abandonment in my life. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So those people that are really suckers for the chemistry and the romance, this is what's going on. Okay. So let me go into the 10 childhood traumas because this will answer a lot of questions for the listeners. And I always advise that you get a worksheet, a piece of paper and a pen and make three columns, very long columns. And the first column heading will be me. The second one will be partner. It could be a current or a past partner. And the third column will be parents. 
And as I go through the 10 most common traumas out of 18, and I say common, it doesn't say in the research, these are the common ones, but I've been a psychotherapist 19 years in private practice and I, I'm a certified clinical trauma professional. So these are the top 10 common ones I see. Okay. Uh, working with thousands and thousands of people uh, over time. So, um, and then we will examine next how they interplay with what's coming out for you as an adult. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So as we go through this list, I want to make sure that you understand this is not a shame and blame list. It's nothing to feel ashamed at. It's nothing to blame your parents about. It's, we're looking at it as facts. This either mm-hmm. happened or it didn't happen. And you want to be really honest with yourself. And the reason I'm also asking you to write them down is I do offer at the end of this interview a free opportunity to meet with me. But I will ask you how many of the 10 traumas did you have or your partner have? But then I can help you better in that one hour that we would meet together. Okay, so first of all, remember you're a small, innocent child. So these things happen to you or around you. So number one would be addiction. So addiction in mom or dad. Now, most people know of drugs and alcohol, but we're also talking sex, which means a chronic cheater, porn, gambling, hoarding, eating, spending, gaming, um, workaholism. And there's usually one more I mentioned. I usually mention 11, but that's some of the common addictions that are out there today. And Number two, verbal abuse. Now, you could have even witnessed mom and dad yelling and screaming at each other or they yelled and screamed at you. That's the most common. But verbal abuse also includes not being told I love you or being um, told you're never going to amount to anything, you're, you're no good, uh, your opinion's ridiculous. Anything where it's verbal put downs, um, yelling, screaming, or even stonewalling, which means if they're angry at you, they don't talk to you for hours or days, okay? Number three is emotional abuse or neglect. We all know the severe forms of that. But even the research shows if you were a nine to five single mom and had a couple kids and your kids had to let themselves in from school, they might've been home for a couple hours before you could get there. We're out there working very hard. I was a single mom for many years and we're thinking we're doing the best by our children, but that was also a form of neglect in the research. Number four, um, physical abuse which is the worst, one of the worst types, Um, molestation or rape. And those two could have occurred inside or outside of the home, you know, anytime from being very young all the way up to age 24, because that's always a huge drama at any age, right? Mm -hmm. But even developmental years we're talking about. Next one is abandonment. There's two types, fault and no-fault abandonment. So no-fault abandonments could be if a parent goes off to fight war, if they uh, happen to die early, um, and if they travel a lot for their job. Now, when I heard that one on there, that's me, because my dad was an FBI CIA guy. He was like James Bond. And I always remember asking my mom, when's daddy coming home? And she would angrily say, well, I don't know. And she didn't because we didn't know where he was. So I remember the longing for him, Mm -hmm. you know, he did come home. He was very loving and fun and charming and a great guy. But that one definitely, you know, applied to me. Um, the fault abandonment is, you know, if there is a divorce and the family, the father leaves the home and he just doesn't see the kids at all, it's a total abandonment. Or he says he's going to see them and doesn't show up or he's late. Or when you are at the house, he checks out. He's either with his girlfriend or too busy watching football. There's just 
that purposeful abandonment. Okay, the next one would be if you were part of foster care, adoption, or had to go live with another family or friends or even relatives because mom or dad couldn't take care of you. One of my clients said, what if I chose not to be home, Rihanna? I wanted to go at my girlfriend's house because my home was so volatile. Yes, that counts in this category. Number seven is the most common one, which I call personal traumas. And this is including if you were bullied or you remember feeling very different and not fitting in, you could have been diagnosed with ADHD, oppositional defiance, some medical condition, asthma, just you felt different. Our kids teased you because of that. You might've been overweight or under you know, a weight. And I was, I was skinny and kind of gawky looking and I was teased from grade seven through 11th grade, I think until I was modeling and that saved me, that saved my confidence. But that was one of my traumas as well. And it is for many people. Number eight is sibling trauma. Now this one comes in different forms. Again, if you were born with a medical condition, if the sibling bullied you or most common, you perceived your siblings to be the golden child. Now I was fourth child between two brothers. I think because my father was gone, my mom favored the boys. Well, they became all American swimming and water polo. And even now I'm in the Penn State Hall of Fame for swimming. I went to nationals for water polo. Nobody talked about it. It wasn't a big deal. I didn't even bring it up because it's like, who cares? But my mom, whoa, did she dote and brag on the boys. So they were her golden children. And I perceived that to be, even though I'm very close to my brothers, always have been, always will be. It wasn't their fault. It's just what facts were, right? Okay, so that's sibling trauma. Number nine is family trauma. And from the lighter list, I bring in community trauma because that has really escalated. So family trauma, which is originally the number nine, is if your parent was incarcerated, if you remember growing up with lack or in poverty or in a dangerous neighborhood, or you moved a lot because you're a military family. That's all forms of family trauma. The community trauma is um, experiencing a mass shooting, a school shooting, all the nature um, disasters, hurricanes, floods, fires, mudslides, volcanoes are rampant today and displacing so many people and families and they're losing everything. So of course this is devastating to adults, but can you imagine the little children that are experiencing these traumatic effects? Right? Mm-hmm. or had a friend that was lost because of that. How do they handle that loss? Right. There becomes a lot of fear about life and, and trying to move on from those types of things. Um, so that's number nine. And then number 10 is experiencing mental health in mom or dad. Now, in my generation, parents didn't go to counselors. And, uh, you know, we have to kind of guess was, mm-hmm. was some kind of mental illness. So the most common was um, bipolar, bipolar, which is manic and depressive. So depression can come out as emotionally checking out or anger or exhaustion. Uh, the manic phase, a lot of people think that's the fun and happy side. Well, not always. That could be a spending spree, a, a cheating spree, going out <clears throat> and with a bunch of other partners, gambling. You know, so that is manic phase. And then the worst, I think, is the borderline personality type. And that's the one, I love you, I hate you. You never know what you're going to get. When they're good, they're great. When they're bad, they're horrid. So um, that's a very difficult parent to grow up around. You know, the very strict father who could be 
someone you, you really are afraid of could also have these moments of loving kindness, you know? So it's, it's very interesting to see. Um, I'm watching this um, series called Narcos right now, where this man is killing everyone. He's the major drug lord. And then he's really kind and loving to his wife and his children. And it's like, whoa, here's a classic borderline, also psychopath, because he's a killer, right? So, you know, this is more common. As a matter of fact, one of the books I read, I love Martha South's book, um, The Sociopath Next Door. One in 25 people are sociopathic which means they have no regard for hurting someone. They use someone for pain or profit where the psychopath will do that as well and then kill. So, you know, there's one in 25 or sociopathic people. So these people always have severe childhood trauma. Yeah. And what happens if you don't heal that childhood trauma? Well, it continues. And the research shows it also goes through the generations. So the reason I wanted you to do these worksheets, <clears throat> sorry, oh, the reasons you. I wanted you to do the worksheets was because you are seeing that if you've had trauma, it's very common then your mom and dad also had trauma as well. Yes. Right. So, <clears throat> yeah, so that's, um, I wanted you to see that it went through the generations. And if you know your grandparents, well, they probably came from trauma too. So this will continue. And then signs that it's coming out in your children could be, you know, they're cutting, suicidal, angry and defiant, anorexic or bulimic, doing risky sex, um, doing, you know, running away to be with boyfriends or girlfriends, any kind of numerous things, bullying at school. You know, I knew working in the schools, I was also a SAC counselor, student assistance counselor, who worked with every grade level, kindergarten all the way through college. And I worked with the kids of trauma. That was my role. So I had the ADHDs, the oppositional defiant kids. Those were my students. And every one of them came from traumatic homes. Every one. And, and some of the, the, the things I had do now with my clients, I did with my students. In 2004, I had them do meditation when they were mm -hmm. acting up and the teachers were like, how'd they come back so calm? Like, what are you doing in there? Or we sit and, and we talk and listen to uh, Louis Miguel. I didn't understand a word of it, but it was a type of music that I use, which we call music therapy. Yeah. So there's many different things and tools that I use to help people get beyond their, their trauma and the reaction to trauma. <clears throat> but if you see your kids acting out in any ways, you really have to be real about the relationship in your family and mm -hmm. say trauma in this household. This is why the kids are doing this. Instead of yelling and screaming at the kids, I work with the parents to create a whole different relationship with their kids. Most of the women that come to me do have, they don't, sometimes they call them, I have toxic kids, but we work with that relationship because it's been broken because the kids are afraid they're angry and usually rightfully so. Right. Now for people that um, are coming out of their abusive relationship or toxic relationship and reflecting back, what are early signs that you could see in a relationship that it's going to be a toxic one? Well, there's many different signs, but once again, when my clients come in and they know all the signs to look for, there's 36 of them. Right. 
So, you know, mood management, if there's lying early on, uh, deceptive stories, um, they use sarcasm a lot. They say, oh, I'm just kidding. Well, sooner or later, that sarcasm is going to come against you. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't look good in that dress. You look fat in that dress. Ah, oh, you know, I'm just kidding you. you, what know, do you- so there's signs. Humor yeah. is, was a coping mechanism. Okay, so let me, let me make the bridge. <clears throat> so if you're children and mm-hmm. don't know how to handle what's going on around you in this traumatic household, you develop coping mechanisms or strategies to survive. So the child that's prone to be the class clown goes into school and finds he, if he's funny, he can have friends and feel love by kids giving him attention and laughing. So this is the adult that grows up using a lot of humor and sarcasm to cover um, not feeling good enough about themselves or feeling inadequate in some way. Um, Someone that grew up with a lot of trauma seven, not fitting in or not feeling good enough or pretty enough or handsome enough, whatever, they usually grow up sometimes with jealousy and control issues because that psyche inside, that unconscious has not been healed. So even though their, their partner may be very loyal and loving, if they're out when he's just looking around, she's there, well, why are you looking at her? What's mm-hmm. going on? You know, and he doesn't even realize he's, he was staring at someone or he stared once or twice as an attractive person, you know, and it just caught your eye. So <clears throat> these things all come up from the past. Lying comes from being afraid of being severely punished. Lying worked, you know, if you covered up for a bad grade and you found, oh my gosh, this, this works for me, then they become brilliant liars, okay? And then yeah. lying becomes their normal. So they lie even over the silliest things that nobody would lie about when they're adults. And this is some yes. of the behaviors that become normalized. So we have to look at, when I get a client in, we do both life and love coaching. And the first thing I do as a trauma professional and, you know, past psychotherapist, you know, I go into the past. We have to look at the past, what happened to them and how is it showing up for women? There's a lot of people pleasing. And that usually comes, let's say there, here's an example. A young girl grew up with an alcoholic mother and who's very angry and hungover. So in the morning that daughter will get up and she'll make the lunches and take care of the kids and make sure they're dressed and get them out to the bus on time. She overdoes and overpleases this difficult woman. So at least she's feeling love in some regards, right? So this woman then becomes a people pleaser as an adult and will overdo for the children and her husband feel very resentful because they barely do anything for her back because she's got it all. And then I hear, oh, I'm so angry. You know, nobody does for me. Nobody loves me. Well, her boundaries are so stretched out because she's so used to people pleasing. So this is why I have to go back into the past. This is where my expertise comes in. And why I love this is everyone has a different story and different levels of trauma. So if one of them was very severe and there's another one that was a two or a three out of a 10, you know, we're looking at the, the patterns that come from, you know, the background that um, was, was severe. Uh, impulsivity uh, comes in there. People who are very impulsive. Um, narcissism comes in there. Someone who felt very slighted as a kid, they become very narcissistic as an adult. Very many successful people grew up with childhood trauma. 
okay, Steve Jobs, who's no longer with us, uh, he was adopted yeah. twice. The first parents wow. didn't want him and gave him back a two. Whoa. So he had very low trust around relationships. He had a very disengaged relationship with his wife and his daughter. In the later years, as he was sick, he did patch that up, but had a very strange love-hate relationship with his employees too. But he was mm -hmm. very in business and he attached to things. He got so excited about things, right? So yeah. this is a classic case. Um, another case is Tiger Woods, you know, lovely person, excelled in golf. But when he was young, his biography says that he was tied to a tree and painted, you know, but when he was bullied and the teachers were watching on. So, wow. you know, and golf was the only thing that kept his mother and dad from fighting. He said he didn't even really like golf as a kid, but he learned to like it because that's what made them happy. And then there was peace in the household when he could do good. Yeah. But when his father died, this is when he started having his issues, right? You know, his father was a womanizer and he covered for his father. He hated that. And then he did the same thing. Why would he do the same thing? It was a time yeah. of loss, you know, when his father died, that he slipped back into the unconscious patterns of his father. So it's, it's so fascinating, this work. But until you get that stuff straightened out, then you can't move on to have, you know, the, your life purpose that you were meant to have. You mm -hmm. see? Yeah. So, and then, you know, my clients then learn the do's and the don'ts of dating, the, the 24 questions to ask to identify is this person still struggling with trauma from their past or have they cleaned it up? Usually mm -hmm. people, um, and it's funny, I've had people say, Rihanna, I've been in therapy six, seven years. I haven't heard any of this. <laughs> So that's when they really come to me and it's like, let's do the real work and let's figure right. out what's going on and why am I sabotaging my relationships? Because I hear that pattern. I have someone I love and I was doing so well. And then I went behind his back and had an affair. I don't even figure out why I did that. Okay. Right. They're afraid of the intimacy. So something is not healed there. Or they're going outside of the relationship looking for attention. There's so many examples to use that it's, it's, it's such a wide area of study. Um, but that's why I went on to be a certified clinical trauma professional as well as a psychotherapy and a certified coach. And, you know, and I do singles and couples as well. So when a couple comes to me and there's been affairs or multiple affairs and they're about to give up, the first thing I have to do is separate them and do each of their background histories and figure out what traumas that they're struggling with that they have not healed and they're still unconsciously playing into in the relationship. And then when they learn about what each of their past traumas were, now there's a new friendship, there's a new respect, there's a new understanding. And then I teach them a whole new way of communicating when an issue comes up. There should never be any reason of yelling and fighting, never. It's only a no. discussion around issues and then we negotiate through those issues. It's a whole new way of being. That's fabulous. I, I, that's why I love what I do. It, it really works. <laughs> And divorce is a really good time to take that time and look at yourself. Yes. Yes. And after heal divorce, those it's, it's the key time. Yeah. This, I get a lot of women after a breakup of an exclusive partner and after a divorce. And many women have been in these long-term marriages and say, I don't know the first thing about dating, or I don't know how to do a good online profile. My people's success at dating skyrockets. I, I am a writer. I'm a best-selling author, but 
I've also done a study on what works for profiles. So I help you write that profile and it's a whole different response, you know, but that's not the only way to get out and meet people. There's wonderful ways to get out there, but that is one tool. Yes. That we use because it's so prevalent and common today and a lot of men use it. So why wouldn't women use it? But yeah, we have to, we have to heal the wounds and the scars from the marriage. We want to dissect what happens and why. Because right. my quote is, you can't change what you don't understand. Mm-hmm. So we have to understand it so then we can change it, heal it, forgive it, grow from it. And then right. we like, propel you into the future and make you feel fabulous about who you are and the life that you're creating now and into the future. Yeah. A divorce is a new start. There's definitely life after divorce. My people are so much happier after the divorce. They're saying, why did I wait so long? You know, know. so. Yeah. I almost think the most unhappy period is the time right before the divorce. You know, years leading up to it. So many women hang in there, hang in there, hang in there for their kids, for the vow, for the reputation, for their faith, Mm -hmm. uh, that they took their vows very seriously. Um, and you know, it, it, or they're afraid that they can't move on financially. They feel stuck, uh, emotionally. They're afraid to get it back out there and date, um, career. They may not like their career and say, well, I don't have a career. I like, I'm not making enough money. I need to count on him. So there's just feeling stuck. Mm -hmm. So I have three women I'm working with right now on that verge of, do I stay or do I leave? And I said, you will see the answer for yourself as we get going. Because we're usually so emotionally beaten down and Mm -hmm. so afraid to leave. But once we start this empowerment program and they see the real potential of moving on and saying, oh my God, I can have this amazing life and I see the vision, I see the future. And they start doing it in the program. They're ready to go. Yeah. They're ready to go. And, And they're not even wrapped up in the anger at that point. Because they're right. so feeling so good about who they are and the new vision of their future that they are truly ready just to divorce and move forward. So at any stage of divorcing, whether you're in that miserable relationship and you know you can't take another day, that's when they see me, or they're gearing up for divorce, which is great time because I can help them through that process. And my coaching with my VIPs, they get text support, they get full email support 24-7. So, I mean, that's why the program works. When something's happened, they get that answer from me. You know, that's why it's a very specialized um, VIP program. Um, And I only have certain, you know, space for six people. That's all I can take at one time. So, uh, but I make sure I'm very well invested in, in their success and moving forward into their future that they want, the life that they desire. And if your six are full, you have so many things you offer your books, um, your podcasts, every, you're so available. Yeah. I should mention those, I guess. Right. On live radio every Monday night at 6 PM Eastern time on boldbravemedia.com. Six to seven, and it's an open channel. So that means you can call in and talk to me. So if you're on the channel, you'll hear the phone number, just call and ask me your questions for free. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Then I make it into a podcast. So my podcast is everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, TuneIn, Spotify. I don't know if I said that one. Okay, so it's everywhere. It's called Lessons in Life and Love. And the newest thing I'm working on, I'm very exciting about, I'm about to be on Alexa. 
You just oh. say, Alexa, give me my daily lesson in life and love. And it will be oh. me every day with a two-minute lesson. So that's about to launch like today or tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. We're interviewing. So that oh. should be working fine by this tape comes out. And um, so I'm very excited about that. My books, Love Beyond Your Dreams, Break Free of Toxic Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve is rated number one on Amazon. It was in couples therapy and women in spirituality. And its sister book is Live Beyond Your Dreams from Fear and Doubt to Personal Power, Purpose and Success. And they are meant to go together. One is about the mindset for success. One is about the strategies for success in love. And you can get them on Amazon. You can get them at my website, free chapter downloads at rihannamilne.com. And it's just like the first 50 pages of each book, but I'll give you a real idea about what the book's about. And if you want me to sign one to just order it through the website, just write me and say, hey, Rihanna, you know, I want a book. They're <laughs> and, so generous. And that's you really it. Are. Um, uh, there's an ebook too. So for people who want more information on the childhood trauma, the ebook is at havetheloveyoudeserve.com. So I'm sure you, it's like you to have the combination of to heal the trauma and teach to read love and know how to date. It's like yes. you heal people and teach them how to refly. Just do so you give them their wings? Absolutely. Absolutely. And for your listeners, I did want to remind that I am offering for the first seven that would like to apply for a free life and love transformation discovery session. I give you up to one hour with me. We meet on Skype and uh, we'll go over everything. There's a pop-up form on my website. Again, rihannamilne.com. Just tell me your story. Tell me what's going on. I get it directly. No one else sees it. I'm very one-on-one. I'm very personalized, hands-on then we will meet and you're going to learn everything. You'd learn so much in one hour of meeting wow. with me. We, we start building your puzzle. We identify where you're stuck and why, and then what your next best move would be. And that for everyone listening call, that is a huge generous value. I know that it's, a, it is it's very a $500 value. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> $500. That's, so you have all no, I can take it for seven again, because I'm only one person, you know, <laughs> I work it into my schedule, but um, I really love meeting the listeners and, you know, when they hear my story and what I went through, I get them, mm-hmm. I get what they endured, I get what they encountered. And this is why I said, something is missing that I, I have a triple masters and I didn't learn any of this. And mm-hmm. that's why I got to the bottom of it. So I'm on a mad mission to change the way the world loves. You and are a person at a time and at every interview, you know, people are learning more and more. So I thank you for having me on. Thank you for being here. And for everyone listening, she is as kind and beautiful and loving. Um, I'm going to fess up and say, I, I messed up our first interview and I was so nervous and you just kindly responded like things happen, no problem. And fit me right back in. That's it. No and problem. I was like, <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, we all go through things and and the most loving thing that we can do is be kind to one another. Yes. And being that it's the new year, I do have New Year's Eve programs to helping people reach their goals and dreams. And I've been called the dream maker in my past because I hear what the dreams are and I said, let's do it. You know, uh, I had a model and acting uh, talent school and that was my role for 10 years to teach people, everyday people from Erie, PA, to you know, become models, actors, singers, dancers. And then I had a dancer be a rocket. I had people on 
uh, soap operas, um, Law and Order, movies, uh, Natalie Rattanos in the VIP show with Pamela Anderson. My own daughter sings on three multi-platinum CDs and now speaks around the world. Her name's wow. Alexa Thanos, if anyone's heard of her. So, you know, whatever dreams are, the most important thing is that we clean and heal from the past yeah. and have a vision for our future. And then mm-hmm. when we move forward together. And as a coach, that's my job. That's what I do. Well, so. thank you. You're like a fairy godmother. And I <laughs> highly oh. recommend everybody finding your work, finding you and healing. We all have to heal I don't know anybody really that don't that wouldn't have things on those lists. We all have healing. Oh, yeah, to yeah. and that's why we said we have to look at ourselves and heal yeah. that before we go back out there dating and understand exactly what we're looking for, the exact questions you want to ask, knowing yeah. what's coming up and not say, oh, but he's so cute. There's chemistry. Eh, chemistry yeah. is the wrong thing to go for, guys. It's the yeah. worst because <laughs> it's yeah. pulling you unconsciously right back to your past. So yeah. you want to be very informed and, and, and information, education equals confidence. Yes. I'm all about education. Like my training manuals is 150 pages. So I really dive deep into the subject. This is not a fluff program where you get four mm-hmm. work or something like that. You know, I take it very seriously because I knew what that felt like. And it's yeah. funny because I had like seven psychotherapy friends, right? I was a psychotherapist. I asked all of them, they're like, I don't know what he has. He blindsided us. We loved him. Like, how could he do this to you? How, what does he have? Nobody knew what it was. No, I think it's very important, very important that we learn those signs, men and women, especially with all the dating sites out there. You don't know the people. You don't have friends to ask is this person. So yeah. you have to really arm yourself and educate yourself for you to for sure. have, you know, to get back out there in 2019. Yes, yes. But all I want to say in finishing up is, you know, it's time. Don't wait. Life is so short. It's very precious. And I lost my two best friends, one at 16 and one at 24. And that's when I knew that I was living my life with total intention, with purpose to reach certain goals and dreams. I've reached many of them. You know, there's always new ones for every new year, of course. But, you know, it's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve. It is and nice. that's what we create together. Yep. Well, thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much. And everybody, um, take her advice. Create the life of, of your dreams. You have thank a second you. chance. Make the most of it. That's right, everyone. Listen, there's life beyond divorce. So let's go live it big. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much for being with us. And everyone come back tomorrow for another amazing expert to help you thrive. Bye. Bye.